I just, I think I need more snare in my headphone. This is it, man. Welcome, welcome to the, the Archer and Snack Show. Yeah, it's been a long time. People have been waiting for this for years. Welcome, welcome to the, the Archer and Snack Show. I'm Snack Bar. And I'm Archer. People have been waiting for this for years. Yeah, it's been a long time. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I want to... Uh, I want to start a podcast with my dad too. I'm a, I'm insane with podcasts. It I think I'm like, like obsessed with it. Yeah. And I want to start a podcast with my dad that, uh, where we had a couple ideas. Like originally we had like a father and son idea where we would just like debate about certain topics, like just pick a topic and see how the different generation and the different like father and son, how they like perceived a certain topic. Yeah. And we would debate about it. So that was one idea, and it was called Like Father, Like Son. I like it. But, like, nobody knows who we are. So if we're just, like, broadly talking about a topic, like, why would someone listen to us because they don't know who we are? Okay. So I read somewhere that it would be good to have, like, some of my favorite podcasts when they have a very successful episode, and a lot of people view a very specific episode, they, it's because they talked about, like, famous people. Like, one of my favorite podcast is Tuesdays with Stories and they had this one podcast where they talked about um, David Spade and Andrew Garfield and some third actor and they named it that actor and yeah. that's their highest listened to podcast just oh, because wow. they told stories about famous people that makes sense so my dad had an idea he's like <laughs> well you like we both like sports we both like going to events we live in the greater LA area yeah so why don't we like go to a sporting event in LA? Like, let's say a Laker game, get some really good seats where we're down by where all the celebrities are. Yeah. Then, then go to the game and like watch celebrities and see, like, if Justin Bieber is there, just watch, see what he's doing. Like, if he's, if he's like being a dick, if he's being <laughs> a nice guy, if he's drunk, yeah. if he's having a good time, and just like watch and take notes. And then talk about it on a podcast. I talk about like, yeah, like review a sporting event where we saw a bunch of famous people. It's worth trying. It's worth trying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. So uh, we'll see. The podcast is coming out next Thursday. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, it's it's an idea that we had. Yeah, it's worth trying, man. And it's about sports. Yeah, so I guess let's just start the podcast, right? right let's do it. Let's because we've we. We were talking earlier, like we talk so much about our week and our day, like when you come in and then we have so many like good things that we talk about, but then we don't get them recorded. Yeah. It's better just to record now in case we say something important. Yeah. Because whenever <laughs> we're recording, we don't say anything important. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to try to turn that around. Um, I, I don't I just kind of wanted to, um, I wanted to point out just like how we're doing the whole thing and and just have it kind of like open book. There was one thing pre-game before the podcast that I didn't ask you, but I'm just going to ask you on the podcast anyways. But we have notes. We've created like an outline where we're going everything over everything. And one of the things that we want to do is go over the podcast from before and any mistakes we've made. Is there anything that you want to talk about from before? Yeah, I had a stat correction I wanted to bring up. I said that the account was around 4,300. And it was actually only 3700 And that's and, for the player props? Yeah, that was for the player pop market. Um, there was an error in the formula that I coded on the dashboard. So um, I don't know. I, I updated the dashboard. The formula is correct now. And, and what's the dashboard? The dashboard is where we track all of our bet history and where we can look at all the data analytics to see how we're doing for each sport, for each um, market. Um, like for, for you, it'd be money line and spread and over unders for player props. It'll be like, how am I doing for passing yards or rushing yards or strikeouts or whatever. So just for anybody who's listening and has like, uh, who's thinking about like following us, we have a spreadsheet where we keep track of all of our bets and it has a bunch of information on the spreadsheet. And then you converted, you created this like dashboard that is like easy to look at. 
and it has like graphs and statistics yeah. and like all these little sections where you can see like how each sport is doing how like any like you said like any statistic yeah and i kind of want to mention it we had an idea of maybe opening up everything to everybody yeah it's not i'm not saying we're gonna do it but we t- were talking about possibly not having a paywall up of where like you have to pay money to to view the the bets and to see everything and we might just show the whole thing and that's what we would show if we did that yeah I'm not saying we're gonna do it yeah it's an option to yeah. let people sample our product and one cool thing that it would be is because you created this dashboard like you from all these spreadsheets from the bets that we we're doing when we started the ten thousand dollar bankroll you created this cool dashboard and it would be cool for people to at least see it yeah, yeah. i agree someday it'd be sweet if they had their own dashboard so that would be real. i i love that idea and that's a good first step i actually showed it to robert before and he's like oh how do i get one of my own dashboards is that what he said yeah wow yeah because i thought about that like Let's say we do the open source thing where we give everything to everybody and we're starting now with a $10,000 bankroll. Yeah. And let's, so it's 2023. Let's fast forward to 2025 and we've been doing it two years. We've been building up people who have been listening. They're like, wow, these guys are making money. There's certain people are talking and let's say we have like 500 people who are kind of like following the whole thing. Yeah. At that time, our ten thousand dollar bankroll. Let's say hypothetically, it's at thirty thousand. Yeah. Well, I can see if, if it was me, I can see myself looking at these guys and going like, "Damn, I missed out on these two years." Like if I would have invested ten thousand dollars and like kind of followed the system. Yeah. And now it was at thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Every time I look at. I'll follow them now. Yeah. I'll follow them right now, starting now. Yeah. But every time I look at their bankroll, mine is a little bit smaller than theirs. Yeah. Because I started late. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it would be cool if, yeah. no, you click a button and it's like, okay, now you're starting now. Yeah. Like you start right now. And yeah. then, so when you go onto your dashboard, it's what you did. You can view what we've done all time. Yeah. But then you can also view yours. Yeah, exactly. From when you started. Yeah, because... It would be really um, customizable for the client um, if if we made it for them specifically. Like maybe they won't uh, place every single bet. Maybe they don't like some of our bets. Maybe they they didn't have time because they're working. So it'd be sweet if they could look at just the bets they made and the dashboard and the graph and the results off of the ones they made, and then they can compare it to ours too. Maybe maybe they I don't know take certain bets that or they leave off certain bets and they're doing better than our system or worse than our system then they can at least compare like our graph versus their graph kind of thing i don't know it's a great idea because um and they can have like little boxes where they check something like i made this bet so if we have a list of our bets you could just check like well i did do these ones yeah and then you leave off the ones that you did. Yeah. And then you have an option where like, well, I did my own one here. Yeah. So I want to include this one. Yeah. That's not a part of it. Yeah. And so like you can kind of take, if it's going to be open source, you can take ours and then mm-hmm. add to it, retract and add to it what you will. Yeah, that's a good point. You could do that. Yeah. The only thing is, yeah. The only thing is, is like it is, I mean, we're, we are doing a system. Yeah. The downfall of that is doing a system and a system is best run by rules and by like adhering to the system. But like you said, you're not going to be able to play. Like we do a lot of bets. Yeah. Part of the system is, let's say every day across all sports, including soccer from around the world uh-huh. and all player props. Yeah. There's got to be like 10,000 to 100,000 possible bets a day. Seriously. <laughs> and we're whittling it down to like, let's say 25. Yeah. Like, I think today we may have had... I don't know how many player props you had. I only had one today. Okay, yeah. I ran the bot last night and found one, and then today I um, I ran the bot, and <clears throat> basically there was an error because one of the players that... When we were ripping the data for one of the goalies, he doesn't have any data because it was his first time playing. Hmm. So the bot didn't know, like... It, the bot hasn't been programmed to 
calculate for players not having data. Yeah. So now we have to adjust the bot to account for that. So it's basically uh, a try a try function where it's going to try for that. Um, it'll try to run a function, and if it doesn't work, then it'll have a backup plan where it doesn't have an error. Mm. So okay, we'll have to put something in, in with that. We'll figure that out. So like if. I think what you're saying is like you're build you're using like machine learning or like you're building on these bots. So if you come into an error, you don't really want to like put out a bunch of vets when there's something that you need to figure out in the algorithm. In a way, is that yeah. It, so like we were trying to the bot was trying to grab that data, and because there's no data there, it it just ran into an error. So we basically have to say like if there's no data on any one of these players then like skip that player kind of thing so and did that happen a lot today it just happened on one and it was the nhl and i didn't find out until late oh okay yeah so um well i made up for okay like we're allowed to take time off we don't need to make like a thousand bets a day yeah but i made up for it for your one bet i mean i probably made like 25 team bets no way there's a bit there was a lot of them oh my god i think i told you friday (laughs) or thursday that today was going to be a big day because it was a big soccer day and it started out big on soccer. Also, it was a huge college basketball day. There was a lot of college basketball. Yeah. And I, like I've said on Snack Bar Sports Picks recently, um, college basketball has kind of taken over for the profits of the team betting. Yeah. So the team betting bankroll that we have, it was like $10,000. It went all the way up to $17,000. It's now down. It went down to like... 12,000 still up 20%. Yeah. But at the time that it was at a plus 2000, um, college basketball was at like plus 3000 or 4000. Okay. So it was like by far like carrying the bankroll. Yeah. And there was a tons of college basketball today and it also met the criteria that has been winning this season. Nice. So there was a lot of soccer plays and there was a lot of college basketball plays. So there was a ton of bets today. 25 might be an exaggeration, but it was okay. a lot. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. We should look into it. Should we? Should I just yeah. look, look into that real yeah. fast? So um, the only reason why I'm confident to look into it right now because I know it did well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's hear about it. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I and I especially want to talk about it because it does feel good that it did well because I was in such a huge slump. Like, like I said, the ten thousand dollar bankroll went up seventy percent in like forty days. Unbelievable. And then I think at the time you were like, "You're yeah, you're doing unbelievable." It was like, "Let's just wait till we have a slump." Like before we start talking about this, yeah. and then it happened. I like jinxed myself, and it went down to two thousand. But that's part of sports betting. Yeah, we weren't worried. I knew you were going to get right back out of it. I literally said that right before. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I. It's still a bummer. Like I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not that overly confident. Where I'm like, in a way, I am. Like deep down, I'm like, it's this isn't like fifty days is nothing. Yeah. Like I was telling you, like, I will really look at my data when we have four years of data. Yeah. I calculated that four years of data is probably going to be around 10,000 bets. And that's when I will say, okay, this is really reflective of what I've done. Yeah. But 60 days, it's like such a blimp on, it's almost like, um, it's almost like uh, humans in the world. Like if you really think about humans, we're this mm. we're like this little person in Southern California in yeah. this giant Earth, and then Earth is in this big solar system, and the solar system is in this big galaxy. It's like you are really like nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so like the like a month's or two months worth of bet is like the human in a galaxy of bets. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it's a Very terrible s- analogy, but well, I, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. Overall, it's just a small sample size. And after you have your 10,000 bets, that's a great sample size. You'll have a, a really good idea of which markets are doing great and which ones you need to improve on. So. And having said that, like, even though deep down you feel that, you still want to get out of the slump. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So how'd you do overall okay. today? All right. Yeah. I was pulling. I was buying myself time okay. to pull this up. <laughs> Just telling this long ass story about the galaxy. Anticipation right here. (laughs) Yeah. So let's look at it. Um, So for today, um, I had, so 
the soccer bets in the morning, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So there was nine soccer bets in the morning. And that went six and three. Great. That's not bad. That's yeah, amazing. That's good. And then um I have some I have three that I don't know what happened because they've come out. They uh they're still playing right now. Okay. But let's see. So for the total for the day, it's plus fifteen seventeen. Wow. So no I got way. a little bit of that back. Oh my god, that's a great day. So back, I went all the way down to two thousand, up two thousand, and now it's up to thirty six thousand or thirty six hundred. Dude, that's amazing. So I got it back a little. I got that little slump, a little <sighs> bit of the slump back. Still got a ways to go. That's a good good start. But it's weird how you were t- you were telling me you were like. Um, which is the correct thing to say. You're like, maybe you should like, uh, like s- make the bet smaller, kind of like reduce, like kind of retract a little bit, see what's going on. And I, I, I responded, I'm like, well, yeah, I have been doing that throughout the slump because yeah. actually even before the slump started, I noticed that I didn't like the bets yeah. as much. So like I made like these really tiny bets over the last like 10 days. Okay. But in the, even though I'm in a huge slump, the last two days, I'm like, no, these are really good. Yeah. These have to be higher. So then I started making three-star bets. I like it. And it uh, luckily it paid off. That's if awesome it- that you can see that, though, because I, I really feel like I was able to see that recently, too. I had a, a pretty bad night. <clears throat> I think I went like two and six one night after like a great streak. But thankfully that night... I lowered like all my bets down to two stars for the most part. I only had one three star in that three star one. So I don't know. I think I, it was nice that I was able to see like something looks a little off here. I'm not as uh, confident as I normally would be. And so that day I like literally reduced all the bets to two stars except for that one. So it just limit, limited the losses that day. It's a great story. That's kind of like the opposite of what happened to me. Like I was in a slump. And normally in a slump, you might want to retract. But yeah. I was like, no, I'm upping the bet size. It is almost I like the opposite. These. And you were in going up. And yeah. normally when you're going up, you're like, I can bet more. Yeah. And you're like, no, nah, I want to make them. I want to reduce them. Yeah, I wanted to reduce the risk. I felt like we were on a good run. And then something just didn't look right with consistently uh, over half the bets. There was just uh, conflicting trends where they, they were good enough to recommend, but they didn't look like... Like I absolutely love them. So sounds like a bet rule that we could put there because like not to toot our own horn, but like that's like you gotta trust yourself or like even though you have these rules on like if you're going down you should retract, if you're going up you should make but if you're feeling or if the algorithm is saying it or if the model is saying it or if you're just feeling I don't feel good about these, even if you're doing good, don't hesitate to like retract a little bit like yeah. it's okay to do that definitely i think everybody has a different risk reward um tolerance so yeah it's nice how they can adjust it maybe some people some person has a little bit more money and they have a little bit more uh comfort for taking a loss and then someone's really tight with their money they can't afford to lose anything then they can lower the stars in that situation yeah yeah th- th- i guess that comes in in with money management and like having the star system and i mean most of the time we bet less than three percent i mean like 95 percent of the time we bet less than three percent and it feels comfortable to do something like that like my the team bankroll was at twelve thousand, and i was upping i was confidently upping my bets to three star which on a twelve thousand dollar bankroll if you think about it is less than three percent it's like two and a half or whatever it is but I was like upping it to two and a half. I was thinking like two and a half is like, I'm going for it. Yeah. You know, but that's actually very, that's where like the system of money management and the star system kind of comes into play where it like checks you even when you're feeling like super confident. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know the star system. We're trying to bet such a small percentage of our bankroll to reduce volatility, but even that, like even though we're trying to do that, the the account still has quite a big big of swings with volatility. Like you're, we're sometimes going up or down ten percent in a day, which is a pretty big movement on a bankroll. So 
Yeah, there is a lot of volatility. So some people might like the volatility. Some people might not. Like the stock market, for instance, is really low volatility when you compare it to crypto. Crypto, you can easily go up 10%, down 10%, and that's just part of the crypto industry. But in stocks, if you lose 10% in one day, that's like a big swing. Giant. Like the Dow Jones doesn't do that. Yeah. It never loses 10% in one day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the last time was like 1986 where it lost like 20 but <laughs> the yeah um that's that's interesting yeah that makes me think of that that is yeah the sports betting market is a little bit more like crypto where like you have a risky investment like it is something and that's just like kind of um like uh reiterates the fact that you only want to uh risk the ten thousand dollars as an alternative investment like this isn't something that you're like put out for your rent or like any like this is an extra ten thousand. Yeah. You may have even invested money in the stock market, and then now you have extra money. And you're like, well, what what can I do now to diversify my diversify my portfolio? Yeah, exactly. And like this is something that you could do because it is a little bit more volatile. It's not for everybody. Yeah, another positive about investing in sports betting is that it's uncorrelated with other markets. So. If the stock market crashes or crypto crashes, that's not going to affect your sports betting portfolio. And you can't say the same for necessarily sports or stocks. They do have some correlation to each other. Yeah. It reminds me about what you said in the last podcast about how um, that story that you told about how you lose, how you lost your first bankroll. Yeah. And all the lessons that you learned. Yeah. Is there anything that more that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, so I was trying to reflect on that story and just basically try to find some lessons that we learned and reflect on how I could have done better and maybe anybody listening, maybe they can relate because that's a problem that most people have and it basically comes down to, um, I brought up three main points that I did wrong when I lost my bankroll. This is when I was 18 years old. We talked about it on the last podcast, but um so what I did wrong is I number one I bet too large of uh, percentage of my bankroll. So anytime you're betting too large, your bank uh, your bankroll volatility is going to be like insane. You're yeah. going to have huge and like, swings. And like we just talked about, like sports betting when you do it right is already highly volatile. Yeah. So anything above that is a bad volatility it's like you don't want that it's too much volatility yeah exactly huge swings yeah so um so yeah if you have a bad day which everybody has a bad day in sports betting then if you're betting too big of a bankroll and a t- too large of a percentage of your bankroll and you have a bad day it's going to ruin your chances of making uh, a good return the next day because you have such a small small amount and you won't be able to maximize your your bets like maximize the the return on your bets. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's something I could relate to poker. I just know if you're playing a bunch of junk hands and you're getting blinded down and then all of a sudden you get a set, like three of a kind, and then now you you finally double up or something, but you have this small bankroll because you've been getting blinded down. So it's like, I don't know. Basically... Just bet a small amount of your bankroll, and that way if, when you do have your bad day, because we have bad days all the time, then it, it won't hurt your bankroll. Your bankroll will barely even feel it. You won't be all messed up psychologically. <laughs> yeah. Um, another, so I would say that was like number one, the first thing I did wrong. Number two, I would say I didn't really have a, a betting strategy that was tested. Like ideally, you would want to be able to back test the strategy and prove that it wins and um, another good way that's that's hard to do that like to be able to back test bets but uh, what you can do is basically have a fake bankroll and say whatever I have $10,000 and pretend like you're making actual bets and see how, how that bankroll grows uh, that way you're not while you're learning you're not losing a bunch of money and there's also back testing software like one of the oh, yeah. programs that I use for team betting um is uh, I've talked about it on sports books or sport uh, snacky snack bars sports picks is because with with that 
podcast, I have to kind of like ahead of time look for picks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I'm looking for picks that are ahead of time, I got to go to the system plays. Yeah. And system plays are basically back-tested plays because you're putting in like an algorithm like um, I'm choosing visitor teams and then I'm choosing visitor teams that have lost two games in a row. Mm-hmm. And what has happened when that has happened? And it goes back the last 20 years. Let's say it's the NBA that you're looking at. Yeah. It goes back and back test all the times that happens and it tells you what the results are. Yeah. And then that's basically a system play. If yeah. it's in the positive, then in the last 20 years, if you did that, if, if, those, if that algorithm came up, then this is what would happen. Yeah. And if it's in the positive and it looks like you can make money off that system, then you then that system shows you ahead of time, this is that system that you were talking about. You should make a bet on this one right here. Exactly. So it, um, it, that's a betting strategy that is tested in a way. Yeah. That's like an advanced way of doing it. Yeah, exactly. But you hadn't done any of that yeah. when, you went, when you were doing that. You were kind of just going off of... Yeah, just off a feel, watching the games, um, just my understanding, my experience when we play football as friends, and I don't know. Yeah. uh, That kind of just leads me to my my next thing that I did wrong is um, I was overly confident because I watched a lot of sports. Like, when I was younger, I watched, I was glued to the Lakers and the Broncos, and every time they played, I had to watch, and I became... um, I don't know, really bias for my teams. And I thought that I knew them too well. So because I had too much confidence and I had, uh, I don't know, I ended up pushing the bankroll to its limits, so to speak. So That reminds me um, of another thing that I use for team sports. So you mentioned uh, you didn't have a betting strategy. Uh-huh. And then I said, for team sports, one of the things I look at is system betting. Yeah. And that's basically having a back-tested betting strategy. Yeah. Then you talked about being overconfident on the sports that you love. So one of the main things, and I'll tell you an example in a second. One of the main things that I look at in team sports is betting against the public. Yeah. That's a big thing in my betting strategy. I love it. And um, I may have gotten a little bit off of that when I went through my slump. I got, okay. a, I got a little overly confident in like, Veered off of that a little bit. Yeah. Today, on all the the soccer and college basketball bets, there wasn't one bet. I think it was, let's say it was 20. It was around 20 bets. There wasn't one bet that I was betting with the public. Oh. Every single bet was, wow. was on the side where the public was betting 35% on that side or lower. That's unbelievable. So that's a huge thing, and that's kind of what you're saying is because you were confident in the in in what you thought when you were watching the sports. So you were the public. Yeah, you were the everyday guy Very watching sports, saying like, "I'm going to do that." Yeah, and that's what the quote unquote public is is the everyday guy watching sports, saying, "I know what's going to happen." Yeah, and one of the strategies that a professional sports better does is they go against that. Yeah. The contrary. Exactly. So it's, I love these things that you're talking about. Like (laughs) we may have uh, gone over these before, but I didn't really sink in until just now. Okay. This is really like the basis of my strategy doing the opposite of what you did here. And this is what I feel like most people do. And I don't know. They love watching their team and, and then you become biased to your team and you think, oh, I know these players so well or i'm gonna bet on my team because they're my favorite but if you don't have a a winning strategy it's really hard to make make money you mentioned something about the movie moneyball which is like one of my all-time favorite movies what does that have to do with this um with with moneyball i would say uh I'm, i'm trying to think of which part you were talking about like watching the sports you loved and um and how if you watch the movie Moneyball. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got what you're saying. So, yeah, Moneyball, it, the whole premise of the movie is, I don't know, it comes down to baseball scouts are notoriously terrible at, at gauging value. And uh, this economist that was just, I don't know, 
he was basically researching data. He was using data to make his predictions. He was able to find an edge and and uh, player management with their team. So my point is that I made the mistake of where I was watching these sports and I was like those baseball scouts. I was watching. I'm like, oh, I see this with my eyes. Like this is the way it is or whatever. But the baseball scouts were terrible at gauging value. And honestly, the best I've done I've done a lot better since then, obviously. And the better I get, almost the less I watch sports, which is kind of weird. Like, you would think I'd watch sports a lot, but I instead of spending three hours watching a game, I'd spend three hours looking at data. It's it's just like Moneyball, because like, with Moneyball, they use sabermetrics. Yeah. And sabermetrics is like an advanced statistical analysis of baseball statistics yeah. not watching the player in the game yeah but looking at all of these advanced statistics and then rating a player off of those advanced statistics yeah and it's basically what you're doing yeah you're exactly. not watching the game yeah you're well you may or may not but you don't have to it almost is better if you don't so you're not biased yeah exactly my whole strategy is is like i i get myself out of this as much as possible it's just I would consider it like similar to like algorithmic trading for stocks or bot uh, crypto where it trades uh, based off of a certain criteria. So And it, it's uh, auto-traded like um, what's it called in stocks where it like automatically does the buy and sell for you? Just a stock bot. Or, Is that what it's called? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically... There's like a, like there's a one where it's if they sell it, it's called like a stop trade. Oh yeah. Where if it gets to a certain stop point, loss, yeah. a stop loss. Yeah. And isn't there one where like if it hits a certain point, it'll automatically buy it for you? Yeah. What's that one called? I can't remember what um, that one's called. God, what it! I, I forgot the term, stuff. but I know what you're saying. It yeah. reminds me of the the book that you recommended last podcast, Market yeah. Watch, because uh, they use some of those. It was a uh, hedge fund market wizards. Hedge fund market <laughs> wizards. Sorry, market wizards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that book. Um, Obviously a favorite of mine. I brought it up last time. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping all over the place. Uh, no, no I, I, yeah. but I really, I did want to go back to the money. That just yeah. reminded me of that. But I, the money ball thing is like, it really, you just lit like a, a light bulb in my head. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what we're doing. Yeah. We're not basing it off of a bias. Mm-hmm. We're just basing it off of t- statistics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the statistics don't lie. Yeah. Exactly. The, we don't have to worry about what some announcer said this guy is supposed to be. It's like, look at his data. This is what he does. In fact, I would argue one yeah. of the things that I try to do, we're in, we're in like a couple um, big text message feeds with some of our friends. I'm in one with, one of, with some of the, your childhood friends. Yeah. And then I'm in one with some of my childhood friends. And I love to listen. And then also if you go on social media, like you go on Twitter and TikTok, and you can see what the world of sports is talking about. Yeah. And I love to go, I love to listen to that. And if I hear like a team, a lot of people talking about, let's say the Cowboys, the Cowboys just beat the Buccaneers. And they're like, man, they look really good. They killed the Buccaneers. They're playing against 49ers on the road. I don't know, man, I'm getting four points. I'm really, and if I hear enough people, regular average Joes yeah. talking about that, <clears throat> That puts up my, like my spidey sense of like, <laughs> I want to go the opposite of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. especially for your strategy. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you find value in the general public being so biased and pushing the line so far. Like the the line will be set closer to where maybe it should be, and then the general public will be like, "Oh, that's my favorite team," or "That's my favorite player." So I'm gonna bet on that team. And there's a lot of fans in that one area and that one market or whatever and so maybe the cowboys are more bet on than some other teams like the jaguars or something so and it kind of goes a little bit with your player props too because i notice sometimes i don't see a whole lot of overs on really like popular players yeah i got you like the lebron james's the nikola Jokic, like I don't see a lot of overs for them. I see a lot of unders. For yeah, them. that's very true because the general public's pushing it too far. Yeah. yeah if yeah. anything, it'd be under on LeBron or under on Jokic or something. And it kind of matches that Moneyball theme where yeah. like the scouts are like the public. 
Yeah. The scouts are the public and they're coming back to the meeting and saying like, dude, I watched this guy play. He's really good. <laughs> and you're like, I'm looking at the statistics <laughs> over here. <laughs> no, no. Exactly. I beg to differ. Yeah. Look at these trends. Look at these matchups. Like they're not seeing the same thing we are. That's a great um, analogy is Moneyball. Yeah. We're kind of like the Moneyball. If you're doing professional sports betting and you're making money at it, you have to think of yourself as the Moneyball approach. Yeah. Like the Oakland A's in that exactly and that um that movie yeah i like it wow yeah deep stuff that is deep yeah we got to get out of the deepness what did <laughs> what happened that was let's get a little on the surface what happened fun this week is it anything uh, in your head in sports betting or just um, in your life i i don't know we i went on a nice little run again after i had that dip that i said where i went two and six that one night and just digging my digging my way out of there one bet at a time and um, I don't know. I, I guess some people are getting more excited hearing about that. We're, we're doing these picks and they want to get some picks and it's nice hearing that. Have uh, you talked to anybody about possibly open, so open sourcing, like opening the whole thing up for a little bit? We're not going to do it forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, but if we do it, we might just show the entire thing and show all the bets for a limited period of time. Yeah. I'm wondering if I get the very least, I feel like we should do it to our our uh, friends, family, and let them at least take advantage of our uh, product and get good feedback. I know we've done a focus group in the past. We've d we have done that in the past. But like, yeah. we might as well like let them uh, make some money right now. And as they're making money, then they'll help naturally promote our product too. So, what do you think about doing it a little bit beyond the friends and family thing? That I would love to like brainstorm more about because I think okay. it's. I see pros and cons and I would love to like just brainstorm more about it and get more feedback. And like, I think that's a, a really deep decision because we're is. basically talking about whether to keep the firewall right now to where we're charging clients or if we lower the firewall and make it like open source to where everybody can use it right now and, and like familiarize yourself with our product, make some money. And then at some point we would have some kind of paywall. And then uh, at that point, People will have trust with our system because they've made money and now they have money to be able to afford our product. So I guess that's something that we could do is we could talk about it with people. We could say like, hey, do you think this is a good idea? Yeah. I like, think the more people we talk about it, the better. Like just yeah. to get feedback on it. That's a good pro point. Pros and cons. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll shop it out there. Yeah. See what people think. I mean, it's just so... It's so... Um, it's a weird feeling like it's, it's a feeling of like frustration and then also like excitement because I get so excited about sports betting. Sometimes I'm frustrated, but a lot of times like last night, let's say like a Friday night when I know I have soccer bets that start at 4.30 a.m. Yeah. And then all day college basketball, I just get so excited about doing the process of looking for the bets. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, seriously. And then at the same time, I get frustrated with, like, how is people not, like, jumping in on this? I know. But I know we need to get the word out. <clears throat> yeah. And that's part of this podcast. It's part of, like, just, it takes time to get it out there. Yeah. But it's, like, I just want to grab someone by the shoulders and go, do you see what we have here? <laughs> it's like, I know. come on. I know. I just would like to anybody to look at it compared to other investments, like over time. Like That's why we need to, we're graphing it right now, but let's say at the end of the year, let's look at the Dow Jones and look, look at, let's look at ours and compare. It. And I, I think that I would take my money on our return and over the year. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Over crypto, over the stock market. Yeah. It's volatile. You have to be ready for the volatile market. Mm -hmm. But over the long haul, it beats the other markets. Yeah. And the one beauty is that if you don't like that volatility, you can just lower the stars like one or two or whatever. And just... So if we say it's a three star, you can say like, I'm only going to do a one star. Yeah. Because I don't want volatility. Exactly. And you can see that in my graph. Like if we show the graph on YouBetSmart.com. I, at the beginning of when we started the $10,000 bankroll, I had like a little bit of a higher volatility, like I was more confident. And you can see the graph goes up and down. And then when I was in that slump, before I got in the slump, I didn't like the bet, so I lowered it. Yeah. And the the graph like 
goes more at like a low line. I saw that it smoothed out. It smoothed out because I didn't like it. Yeah. So I I reduced the risk. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Like if I didn't reduce the risk on that, that would have been a sharp drop. Instead, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty sweet. I I was getting ready to look at our dashboards right now because you were asking about last week or this since we've talked on the podcast last where are you at right now um not including today um at positive uh 4884 4884 did you have a really good day yesterday uh i must have missed that day yesterday yesterday about 1200 1200 yeah. 1200 wow. even so it's amazing five and oh we made six picks, but one of them didn't play. And I, 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 that's a bet. You were saying bring up a bet that you you uh, like. That's This is one that I'm thinking of is uh, the Jokic bet. Well, so, what was that one? <clears throat> I recommended uh, Jokic over 0.5 threes. Hmm. And Did he not play? That? He I didn't thought, play. Oh, so, I was going to say, I thought he didn't play in that game. So one thing I like is betting on unders for... This is just, this, you're actually hearing some strategy for the first time here on the podcast. Hey, it's, 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 hold on. This is a You Bet Smart exclusive. <laughs> so um, one thing is like, this is just a theory that I would love to backtest over time, but it just makes sense logically. So betting on players that are injured, like the line is normally around their average, but when they're injured, in my opinion, you can't play as good as your average because you're hurt <laughs> so normally i would not want to bet an over on somebody's production when they're hurt but my logic on the nikola jokic is one he met our criteria for the over but i i decided to include him for an over on threes because i figured he he makes a good amount of threes like he goes over more than he doesn't but i was also thinking as a player that's hurt and you're shooting he he likes to shoot on the outside too. Like he's obviously a great shooter, but if you're hurt, I would think you're less likely to want to take it to the basket. <laughs> I think he'd more wow. settle for his outside three. So I would, as a hurt player that can't, your legs hurt or something, you you're more likely going to settle for outside shots. When That's interesting. Yeah. So it like it was another layer to, hmm. like it already met the criteria. So I was going to bet it anyways. But normally I wouldn't bet an over, um, on a player that's hurt. This one, I was thinking he's hurt. Maybe he's going to settle for more threes. So I'm not going to take it off the criteria because he's hurt. Okay. So huh. that's kind of like a yeah. a deep uh, analysis. That's of, deep. Yeah. For sure. And then you go, went really deep into that analysis. And then you looked at the box score and he was like, did not play. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Exactly. I like did. I probably spent 20 minutes researching him. And, like, <laughs> and you were like, you-, you probably felt good about it too. You were like, Man, that was pretty deep. I think this was a good one. Yeah, it was kind of like a, I don't know, I can't, a chess move. I was just like trying to think about multiple steps and like how this play was going to go down. And yeah, it didn't even play at all. So. And you're like, I cannot wait to see how this plays. <laughs> I actually loved that bet. I couldn't wait for it. And it was the only one that didn't play. And we won all the other ones. The, I went 5-0 and on the other ones. But Is that what, that was yesterday you yeah. went 5-0. and oh, But okay, I think I it would have been 6-0 and if he would have suited up. You, it probably would have been. Yeah. Oh, man. Would have yeah, been was, a better story. But. I was talking to my dad about it. And uh, yeah, he was he was telling me that he didn't play. Because my dad's like really into Denver right now. He loves, he thinks they're going to win the whole thing. Okay. He loves Jamal Murray, their point guard. And he was saying that in the game... He was watching the game and he's like, uh, Nikola Jokic wasn't even playing and they just tore, like they still controlled the game. They completely like annihilated, annihilated them and Jamal yeah. Murray had a triple-double. I think he had like 25 points, 14 rebounds and 10 assists or something like that. And, um, and that was without the best player in the league. Uh, it could be a... Doncic from the Mavs it's arguing it's arguable between those two but um I mean the Denver looks really good to win the whole thing I kind of wish I would have picked them at the beginning of the season yeah definitely a sleeper team compared to some of the other big name teams yeah they got some studs Jokic is insane I think he I think right now they're the best team there's still like 40 games left right now they're the best team but you could have got him up 
I think like plus twelve hundred at the oh beginning God. of the year. Wow. Yeah, which would have been a a pretty cool bet if you would have bet like two fifty. You could have cleared like thirty five hundred dollars or something like that. So. Wow. Yeah, I was just looking at um my bets this week and I or today and I just realized the only bet I made lost, and it was a four star. Oh, so. it did I lost? Oh, yeah. damn. Sabonis, I, I said under eight and a half assists. He had fourteen. Wow, that's insane. That is insane, especially for a center. Yeah, to get fourteen assists. Yeah, what the hell? I mean, he's. It was. I'll I'll bring it up right now. I'll look at how he's done recently, but. And that was your one bet of the day too. I yeah. I noticed that earlier when I was putting in my bets. I saw that, and then I I saw that it was a four star, and I was like, wow. So I won eight one. bets in a row before that. God that, damn it! I lost lost it on the four star. <laughs> Dang. So, um, in the last... Wow, look at that. I can see the green over there. In the last 25 games, he's gone under 72% of the time. <sighs> so, I don't know. In the long run, I th- I still like it. But you know what's crazy is out of out of nowhere, he's been... Uh, he surged with assists. Like, I wonder if there's been... Has, has somebody been like... Um, I was looking for injuries missing? and look for something that, that stood out. I was having a hard time putting it together why why there was such a different um, surge in his assist. And that's the one thing that is important that, that what we look at. One of the negatives coming off of like a model, a robot, or an algorithm, or whatever you want to call it, a system bet, is using sabermetrics or statistics, that sabermetric-like uh, model, is it's very dry. So if there's a sneaky injury off of a player and the robot doesn't catch it, yeah. that's where like a human has to catch that. It happens all the time. Yeah. So that <laughs> is one of the negatives. So catching those injuries or catching a change in the lineup or like something happens with the chemistry of the team and then the coach thinks like, I'm going to change something up. And like, like that's the one thing where a human is needed. Yeah. I notice very frequently that a lot of the projection softwares will have the injured player still playing. So then it shows that all the players are going to get a certain amount of uh, stats, but the big player might like someone that's key on their team might not play, which affects everybody else's outcome. Was that for today? That was today's bet, right? Yeah. And you said it was under eight and a half. Yeah. I think he got 10, which isn't, I mean, still is a loss. Is is well, that what I the wrong day? Yeah, because he got ten. I mean, it's still a loss, but at uh, least maybe it's not I was fourteen. Looking and it does look like that everybody played. Like, oh, you are right. I looked at his last game. I guess like Horder, Fox, Sabonis, Murray, and Barnes. Those are all the starters. Yeah, it he had fourteen really last game. I'm sorry. The only thing like. He had 10. And he's playing against Philly. How is Philly against the assists? They're kind of in the middle of the pack. middle of the pack, okay. One thing that I did notice that might be a difference... Joel Embiid didn't play. That's what I was just going to say. I I didn't see him on the injured list. Is is because Sabonis is going to be matched up against Embiid. Yeah. And maybe the fact that... um, uh, What's his name? Martrell's... Oh, Harrell? so he was downgraded before the game. Okay. And I made the bet last night. Yeah, yeah. I was, might... try- I was trying to get the bet out right when the Lions came out, so that info that he was hurt wasn't out. That could be something, but the only thing with that is, like, it's a center, and we're talking about assists. Yeah. You associate assists with point guards, maybe a guard or a forward, but a center? I know. Like, you don't normally, and then in Bede, I mean, in Bede's known as, like, a three-point shooter, a scorer. Yeah, he's a good defender too. He's a good defender, so maybe he wasn't. Uh, maybe that was something, but it, you barely lost it too. I know. I think Embiid would have been able to DM up uh, well enough to where they they don't need to send a second guy over to help, like help stop him. So then, if they're sending two guys, then he he's gonna pass it. But Embiid wouldn't need the second guy sent his way. I thought Embiid, Embiid was playing. I looked at the previous uh, matchups and. He's gone under every time, like in recent history, against yeah. Embiid. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe they had a back-to-back. 
No, no, back-to-back it doesn't look like. Yeah, so out of the last 20 games, he's gone under 15, which is 75% of the time. Yeah, I wonder why Embiid didn't play. Just that They just sat him. It says he was downgraded. Why did he get downgraded? It's funny, in the last game, I looked it up, and he's up against uh, Nurchik from Portland. Not like he's an assist guy or anything, like Sabonis, but he had zero. And, and Embiid was guarding him. Oh, yeah. And he had zero assists. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, sinners aren't always going to get assists. So I don't know if that means anything. But, yeah, it's interesting. That's a good deep dive into a bet. Yeah, it's still lost, though. But It does suck that it's a loss, and you want to find out why. Exactly. And it looks like one of the reasons that could have pushed the percentages up, the probability up that it could be a loss, is the fact that Embiid didn't play. If I knew he wasn't going to play, it would have been at, at two-star at most. Yeah, okay. So that's like data that's critical that we need to have. But last, it looks like they updated that he wasn't going to play like seven hours ago. So, but I made the bet last night right when the Lions came out. So the one advantage of making the bets right when the Lions come out is you can get them before they have a chance to move. So you can find a a good edge before the, the Lions uh, adjust. And last night I placed that bet under eight and a half assists. By the time I woke up, like six hours later, it already moved down a, a full assist. So to seven and a half, it moved to seven and a half. Wow, a, a half a move, like point five, is a huge move, but insane. A, a full assist. That's like you made the at the time of the bet, you made a great play. Yeah, exactly. That's the play. Yeah, and if I it's, knew Embiid was playing, been, yeah, like that, it's almost different. a five star bet, like. Uh, everything lined up, but then Embiid not playing that. I think that was a critical uh, issue with why we lost. That's the downfall. Uh, on Snack Bar Sports Picks, where I do like, I try to do daily. I've I've slacked off a little bit, but um, when I do those daily picks, I, I record it the night before. I think I've talked about it before. And it's so hard on the podcast. I think I'm like 10 and 14. Like, it's a lo- it's lo- I'm losing on the podcast, even though we're winning in at youbetsmart.com over the last like two months the podcast and i know it's only 24 bets it's such a small sample size so it's hard to tell why the reason is yeah but like one thing i think about is that i make those plays like so far in advance like even though it's at like let's say i make the play at like 10 p.m the night before and the game starts at 4 p.m the next night and that's like 18 hours in advance I mean, the difference between 18 hours before the game and two hours before the game is so much information that you have. And it seems like the data shows that we do so much better the closer to the game. It, it's so true. But on the, on the, on the downside, like you, like you did, you made the correct move. Yeah. And you did it before the line moved. Yeah. So one positive about doing it at the 18-hour mark instead of the two-hour mark is that the line is going to adjust most of the time where it should be. Yeah. It probably should have been at seven and a half, but you got it at eight and a half, yeah. which is the right play. It's a lot of cushion right there. That's a lot of cushion. So it was the right play. Yeah. And in that play, you needed to make it at a time. Yeah. If you would have made it at seven and a half, off the top of your head, can you remember it without even be a bet? Honestly, I don't, I don't know that I would have because he's been doing seven and a half. I wouldn't have done it, honestly. Really? Okay, yeah. yeah. So that, that was the only reason. So it was the bright. If you look at his recent history, he's been trending just like he had an eight, an eight, a seven, an eight, a nine, a 16, an eight, a 14. So he sur- surged. But I don't know. Eight and a half was, was, looked beautiful. I was... <laughs> I was stoked on that. He's averaging 7.2 this year, which is fucking crazy. Um, last year, I, I like to look over year-over-year year data, too, because maybe he's having a fluke this year, and I like to look at last year. or Maybe he does that year-over-year, year, so now you have a little bit more of a backing or a little bit more confidence in it. So if you look at last year, he only averaged 5.8 assists, and this year he's averaging 7.2 his minutes didn't go up. He's just more productive this year. But it's still only a 7.2, and the line was at 8.5. Like that, that's unheard of for a center. Was there any discrepancy or arbitrage in like line-to-line from site-to-site? Um, 
I didn't notice any at the time last night when I made the bet, but in hindsight, like if I would have made a bet last night and then made a bet today, I think there could be a possible arbitrage bet where there's no risk and you could still make a reward. We'd have to, I would have to look into it more, but it's definitely possible. That's a huge movement. So I could totally see an arbitrage bet being available. Yeah. And then also like, um, showing or, um, shopping for the best line. Like if you, if you got it at eight and a half the night before, I can see maybe some of them were already at seven and a half, maybe. So maybe like it helped that you shopped for the best line the night before. I think that the, uh, the majority of the, the sites were at seven and a half. Is that right? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So that was like a good shop. Yeah. Shopping. So that's another big thing. Like our rule number one that we brought up on the podcast was money management. And I, if we were going to bring up another rule, <clears throat> I would say shopping around for the best line has got to be one of the most important to you. Like we're bringing up on this player prop, we found it for eight and a half. And then a lot of other sites had it at seven and a half assists. So you're getting an extra or a good amount of cushion right there. And we didn't have to pay that much on the um, on the rake. It wasn't like we had to. It was only minus 126. So that's a great line, too. It is a good line. Yeah. And that difference between eight and a half and seven and a half when you're talking about insist, the lower the number gets. I mean, that could be the difference between winning it let's say 60% of the time and winning it 50% of the time. Yeah. That might be an exaggeration, but it's probably not too far off, honestly. <laughs> and, and that's the difference between making money and losing money. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah, shopping that shopping for the right. I mean, I've said it on snack bar sports picks too. I think we even talked about it in the last podcast that it's so important. It's almost money management is so important. It's number one. Yeah. You can make an argument that shopping for the best line is 1B. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Instead of 1 and 2. Yeah. It might be 1A and 1B. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that's like... Because shopping for the best line, you can run numbers. We should have that on the on the, on the the our website yeah. where you can say like... You could hypothetically do back testing. Yeah. And say like, what if I would have shopped for the best line? And what if I would have shopped for the worst line? And see where your bankroll split to? Yeah. And I will guarantee you that it's the difference of making money and losing money. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. It's just like with money management, if you don't follow money management and you bet, let's say, 10% of your bankroll on every bet, yeah, you will lose. It's the difference between making money and losing money. Yeah, often it is, yeah. I'm Wild. Sure. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting excited. I'm getting pumped. I'm ready to look up some soccer bets for tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> getting a little wily. We'll have to do some live... Uh, picks on one of the shows sometimes or on a youtube video or live stream or something it would be into the weeds that really gets into the weeds because it's a yeah. lot of like it's not like we're gonna be talking a lot i i could probably talk to myself and talk out loud about what i'm doing yeah but it's a lot of like me just like zoning in yeah and maybe not talking yeah so it could could be boring could be into the weeds but i bet you some people would dig it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think so yeah you have any um yeah i don't do you have any recommendations for this week um last time i did a book uh <clears throat> if i had to bit. bring up something a little bit more um not so dry or something uh, a little bit off off topic but it's still sports related it's um the F1 racing on Netflix. Because I remember you brought up a show on Netflix. I think it's, it's on, on Hulu. Hulu. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. So I, I still got to watch that. I don't have Hulu right now, but I'll have to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, I don't know if you watched the Netflix uh, F1 racing. Uh-uh. I'm going to write that down. F1 racing. <clears throat> I honestly didn't think I was going to care for it. And I, I got hooked right away. And uh, Christine and I have been watching it. And just we got addicted. So uh, she she knows all the drivers' names, and it's uh it's behind the scenes, uh, basically what the race team's doing, trying to raise money and find the best drivers and get an edge on all the other competitors. It's such a cutthroat sport. You've I've been, I've heard of this before. Um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, he, he was on Tom Segura's podcast. Um. 
your mom's house and i think he was on he was one of the race car drivers from that show and it sounded exciting matt Ferrar is he one of the guys on the show do you know I'm not as good with the names, to be honest. It might not be. It, I okay. could be. I think I, that that might be wrong. Okay. Ah, who was it? I've heard of, I've heard of it. The, the point is, I've heard of the show before, and it sounded really awesome. It's like a behind the scenes of like how the dynamics of each like race car tre- team goes at it. Is yeah, exactly. So you're, <clears throat> I don't know, you're, you're learning basically what the coaches are trying to do, like the, the owners of the team and the racers and... The mechanics, isn't there like the mecha- a whole team? Exactly. And, oh my God, it's so cutthroat. I I could hardly think of any other sport that's so cutthroat and where you're racing against all the other drivers, but your their biggest enemy is often their teammate. Like, they're, they'll crash into their own teammate because they're fighting for position sometimes. Wow. It's, it's like not that uncommon. Hmm. They like almost like hate their teammate at times like they're they're working together but they're working against each other because if that guy keeps winning like they might get the boot so what's it called uh netflix uh f1 racing something it's just called f1 racing i'll I'll google it real quick f1 yeah um god i heard about that too i'm gonna watch that it's called uh formula one drive to survive formula one drive to survive very addicting show High ad- high adrenaline. Season. Like these guys are going so fast that if they blink, they might, like they might not make their turn. <laughs> That's intense. Is it more than one season? Is it just one season? I think it's three seasons. Okay. Oh wait, it says five seasons. I don't know that it's gone that much. Wow. I think I can convince my wife it is to watch five that. Seasons. Wow. Five seasons. My wife would probably be into that. Race car drivers would seem to be pretty sexy <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why christine's watching it no oh, yeah it could be i'll see, I'll see what amanda says <laughs> yeah I, so i i'm doing this off the top of my head i didn't really have one ready but uh for a recommendation um this is kind of an oddball one uh there's a a point guard that plays for the orlando magic he's the backup point guard right now because he got hurt he started at the beginning of the season got hurt actually became the third string point guard now he's he's there's three point guards on the team and he's like getting like 20 minutes a game okay 15 to 20 minutes a game he used to play for gonzaga his name is jalen suggs if you oh, yeah if, i know this man. if you're into nba like you know jalen suggs yeah um but he has ah, i forget what it is i think it's like 21 million followers on tiktok wow and he sends out videos it's called overtime okay and he sends out videos where uh, he does like different things. He'll go anywhere from like these crazy like basketball trick plays, like trick dunks that they tape, all the way to like conspiracy theory stuff that has nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> so it's and he has like all these followers. I think he has maybe has the most followers of any NBA player. Wow! In on TikTok. Okay. We'll have to fact check that, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm gonna say he does. Okay, and uh, it's just a good. It's a, if you're on TikTok, follow Overtime. The picture is like a black circle with an, a white O, and uh, it just has like really interesting TikTok videos to watch. All right, I'm addicted to TikTok, <laughs> even though I heard it's Chinese spyware. Oh uh, yeah. Have you heard that? I heard that. <clears throat> um, I don't know if this is true, and I'm a little hesitant to believe it, but. It wouldn't surprise me too. So, that TikTok may the algorithm may be a more like deconstructive for us. Like it's all um, people dancing or sexy girls or I don't know, just stuff that where you're not learning. And I heard it's like the opposite in China, where it's more like math, science, and oh, I heard that too. Okay, I don't know if it's true, but I I think I may have heard this on the Joe Rogan experience where he was talking about where it's also it's a Chinese company. Yeah. And then when you sign up, I may have this wrong, and please don't take my word for this. Just fact check me. But I think what he was saying is when you sign up, you're pretty much saying, like, you can take any data from my phone. Okay. And then, like, when you're doing, like, the face recognition and, like, your thumb and, like, all the data, like, all the data that they collect that gets signs you into it, like, you're pretty much, like, signing that over to them. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I mean, that's conspiracy theory stuff. I don't know if that's... But, I mean, I follow J- Jalen Suggs on TikTok, so I'm into conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have to check that 
out sometime, right? Yeah, we won't get into all that. We'll, <laughs> we'll just stick it to spot, stick to sports betting there you on go. this podcast. Right on. All right, man. Well, that was fun. That was fun talking to you. I think we really got into some stuff today. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. It's getting a little easier to do. Yeah, I can't wait till next week. See yeah. what we got to talk about. Can't wait to see what you're up to. I think, um, God, I mean, I mean, combined, I think we're at like 8,000 or something like that. Yeah, like an 80% return in less than a couple of months. It's amazing. Where else can you find that? I know we're going to have some downturns, but just look at us in a year or two and see where we're at. Absolutely. All right, Jake. Well, it was fun talking. We'll talk next week. Likewise, Scott. Have a good one, brother. You too.